Welcome to Just a Spoonful, the podcast that is young and fully sick. Everyone you hear speaking on this podcast is living with a chronic illness and or disability, including me, your host. Hello, I'm Caitlin Plyley. Every fortnight, I'm bringing you a chat I've had with someone I find particularly interesting, and I like to pick their brains about what their lives are like, what keeps them going, how do they live with their illness, and what are they living for? So we talk about work, friends, pop culture, what we do when we feel really awful, and the stuff that helps us through. And I'm pleased to bring you my guest for this episode, Brisbane writer and musician Mike Day. Mike has been published online on Scum Mag and Stilts, and is the winner of the State Library of Queensland's Young Writer Award 2014, and I'm going to embarrass him right now by reading the State Library's website entry about him. Congratulations to Michael Day, winner of the Young Writer's Award 2014 for his story, Zen Master! The judges were impressed with Michael's polished and well-rounded story, which captures the vulnerability and awkwardness of the transition into adulthood. Seriously, though, how great is that? He totally won that. Award-winning Mike Day lives with bipolar type 2 disorder, which he talks about a bit in this episode, and describes how mania feels, how slow cycling means depression can sneak up on you, and why Claire Danes from Homeland is really to thank for how well he's doing now. Mike is also a drummer. He plays drums with Brisbane psychedelic dream pop outfit Mega Ogre, and I'll play a bit of their new track for you later because it's really good. We recorded this sitting in my lounge with the windows open, trying to catch like literally any breeze coming through because it is officially hot in Brisbane, so there is a bit of background noise coming through. The sound is not up to its usual scratch because I've been uh, pretty housebound this fortnight and I couldn't get to my usual studio in gear, but I hope you'll bear with me because Mike is a really lovely guy to listen to and has interesting things to say, and also I think the sound of birds attacking each other outside my window is just great ambience, so yeah. Uh, let's get to it. This is writer, musician, and proud cat father, Mike Day. concert recently um arctic monkeys where their last song like of the encore the sound fucked up and like i think like the it was at the entertainment center and like the big these big hanging sort of amps that they have obviously like cut out or something but you could still faintly hear them and they were still going because they could hear themselves and they walked off stage and everyone still like maintain everyone was like still supporting it Hmm. everyone was like some people were like, is this a special thing they're doing? That the sound doesn't work? <laughs> the sound goes really quiet for a bit? But then they came back on and played the song again, and he was like, oh, sorry, like, that was a fuck-up. And, and that was awesome. They played the same song twice, which was great. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, like, sound, sound issues are the worst. Like, for, playing, for playing music, like, um, I find, especially being a drummer, like, playing at shitty places, they never have like, any sort of like, fallback amps or anything for the, for the um, drummer, so I can't often hear anyone. Oh. Sometimes I can just hear like, a whole bunch of bass. I'm just like trusting that we're all together on this. Um, how, yeah, so. how, how do you even do I, that? Well, I mean, hopefully I'm not too drunk as well. I can remember <laughs> the songs. 
So if I just think about playing the songs, usually that works. But um, but, <laughs> but yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just I don't understand because I I'm not a drummer and I don't have that natural rhythm. But I, I'd be afraid that I'd be like half a beat off or something. Well, yeah. I mean that that happens. <laughs> I was discussing with um this other drummer. Um, one of my housemates is sort of seeing this drummer, and we we're talking about like uh like the right number of drinks you can have before you play because I feel like it's a lot more like susceptible to that like drumming because you got to keep time. Um, and I'm saying seven. I think seven and it's sweet. Like, sometimes less than seven, and you think too much. And any more than seven, and I feel like you're just, like, you, there's no way. Like, sometimes I've, I've definitely had a gig where I sat down at the drum kit, and I was like, oh, no, I don't think I can do this. This is a mistake. <laughs> Shouldn't have had a tequila shot. That was the silliest thing. I had that moment, and I, I don't drink much, so it's a very rare moment for me. But mm. you were there uh, when I was hosting that yarn. Yarn Stories Fun in Brisbane at, yeah. at the State Library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was emceeing, <laughs> and I, I had had um, two cocktails beforehand, oh. which is like twice how much <laughs> I should be having. And um, yeah, I think I just remember like yelling at you like throughout the night. Yeah, that was nice though. <laughs> I liked it. My parents were there, so they were like, someone knows who you are. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> Because um, I kept being like, uh, I think every I'd be introducing someone else, and I'd be like, <laughs> you mentioned, my yeah, day. <laughs> you mentioned someone else's introduction. I remember that because my dad said something. Um, but that, that was one of those things for me as well. Where, like I, I like said yes to it, and then immediately it was like, oh no, um, and I had to like psych myself up. And I was like, literally like there, and I was like, I need to have a cigarette, but my family is over there. I'll have to go away from it, but then I won't be able to hear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like find myself um, sucking myself up a lot, <laughs> which is good. I think I'm getting way better at it than before. Like usually, I can convince myself that it's a good idea to like go to uni or like do some work or yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> you start to like figure out strategies. Like yeah, uh, totally. Have you, if you like, I I have had anxiety for years, so you start like figuring out. Um, like ways to almost like trick yourself yeah. into being okay with stuff. Yeah, well, one of the big things like that I found like when it was actually when I first went for to like see someone for depression, um, which is just sort of like positive reframing of stuff mm. in terms of like if you're like even just fun stuff like, oh no, I can't go to this party because uh, I hate myself and everyone will know and they they'll hate me as well and <laughs> it'll be terrible. But then you think about it, and you're like, okay, so. If I go with a friend of mine, then I won't have to arrive alone. And then I know there'll be at least two of my friends there. And I think they like me enough. And then if, if it all goes bad, I can stick around with them. And worst case scenario, I can go home and play with the cat. And it'll be fine. Yeah. And then just keep saying that over and over. And then you're at the party and you're like, oh, this is actually great. This is actually <laughs> fine. This is my thought process almost every time I have to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. It is hard. Like, um... Yeah, I mean, luckily, like, I feel like now I've told enough of my close friends about, like, some of my bipolar and anxiety and depression that I can pretty much, like, if if I do need to go away, like, if I do need to leave something, I can just say, like, oh, I'm not feeling great, I can go, and they're just like, okay, cool, do you want to, like, do you wanna, you know, go somewhere else, or do you want to go home or something, like, which is, like, the best. Yeah. Um, that, like, having people who, like, if, if they don't fully understand it, at least they, like, try to understand that sort of stuff a lot. Yeah. I I think um, my life has gotten much better after, like since being more open better about. Be- did that, I say that? You said better. Did I? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, I'm so <laughs> tired. Um, <laughs> oh God. Um, 
It's like how, you know how, like, um, sidebar, you know how people will, like, say, like, oh, they'll do some horrible behavior, and yeah. then they'll be like, or they'll say something racist, and be like, oh, but I was drunk. Right, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but that was still inside you. And mm. I feel like, now that I know that when I'm exhausted, bad grammar comes out, <laughs> I feel really bad about myself. <laughs> that caused me a lot of anxiety, actually. Um, I, I just heard, like, a friend told me recently that, um, that I'm pretty much the same, like, like, drunk or anything like that in terms of... I, I kind of just seems like I just want to sit down and, and just have a conversation. I, I don't really like dancing that much or, or, you know, any of that. But um, but she's like, but you get extremely huggy. Like, you start hugging people, which you normally don't do. And that's true. I, I actually, like, get really anxious about, like, handshaking and, and hugging because I don't know, like, what... Like, I sometimes get worried, like, oh, no, we'll, we'll, should we hug or should we shake hands? Like, yeah. how good friends are we? Like, especially with, like, like, dads. I have a big fear of shaking dad's hands, just anyone's dad. <laughs> It's, it's very scary. As soon as you find out a man has children, yeah, like, I think it's because ah. I, I feel like I instantly become very like childish and like, like just yeah, <laughs> just like you, you're 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 like my dad. I need good approval, but I can't get it. <laughs> Help. Your dad seems really nice. He is very your sweet. Dad? He's very very sweet. Um, he 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 tries very hard, which is like the the best thing. Like yeah, and he's always been. Um, he's a doctor, so he like got me. Some good help when I was going through some stuff. I thought um, you were going to say some good drugs. Some good drugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, he writes my prescriptions as well, but... Yeah. <laughs> Is this okay if we broadcast this I fact? I think so. <laughs> not really sure how that works. <laughs> so did he, like... Um, uh, like, I don't I don't know your story, but, like, did he sort of notice that you had bipolar tendencies? Um, or, or was, like... Well, when I was about, like, 17, I think, I, I was having a lot of, like, bad anxiety and depression. Um, and I was going to uh, art school at the time. And that's not a great place to be depressed. Like, you'd think, yeah. like, creative people, there'd be a lot of that. But I think it made it much worse. And, uh, yeah, so, so I sort of, like, went and saw um, a psychologist a bit for that. And it seemed to be okay. And I was kind of dealing with things a lot better. Uh, and then I was living by myself. And I was studying architecture, which I didn't like. And I'd just been fired from a job, and my girlfriend had just broken up with me. And I was like, I was like very, very upset. And um, like right before that, I had been like, like super energetic and super excited about life. And like, um, I got like silly haircuts and like, you know, was yelling at people and things, which is something I don't really do. And then I was suddenly like, oh, oh, like deeply depressed. Like I didn't leave the house for a couple of days or like eat anything, and um, like. Uh, I, I used to sit in my car a lot and just sort of sit there and there was one night in particular where I was just like really going through like horrible thoughts like thinking about like oh it'd be nice to just go to just not do this anymore mm-hmm. and um, and then I was like I'm just going to call my mum and I called her and she like she answered the phone being like oh what's wrong Like, and I was like oh I should just go home and not be in my car by myself feeling terrible um so yeah, I went back to my parents' place and like, that's like the main thing I'd recommend to anyone having suicidal thoughts is like, call your mom. Yeah. Because <laughs> she'll be worried about you <laughs> and you'll be like, oh wait, no, people really care about me. Okay, it's fine. That's so mm. true. Because um, you, yeah, when you're, well, I mean, it's different for everyone, but I know that like, usually when you feel really depressed, the big thing is like, nobody cares about me or, yeah. or, or if they do, they're wrong. Like, they don't know the real <laughs> I've me. somehow tricked them. Yeah, yeah, like they're, yeah, like I'm. Uh, yeah, they're gonna find out the truth, and then they won't like me. This kind yeah. of this kind of thinking. 
And yeah, it's good to like have someone you can call and yeah, and definitely they'll care if you're not around. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, so I was living by myself and I moved back with my parents. So that was actually like also devastating, like because I I couldn't get to see like a psychiatrist or psychologist for a little while. Um, and yeah, that was like I was just was back at my parents' house and I was dropping out of uni and I was just like I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I like I only remembered this this morning, but. The reason why I was like, oh, I think I might have bipolar disorder was from watching Homeland. Did you ever watch Homeland? No. Claire Danes playing was playing a bipolar character who's also like a um, Homeland Security agent. And she's like fl- freaking out and having this sort of manic, crazy time. But she's right about this like big sort of conspiracy type thing. Um, and I was, there was one episode where she was really manic. She was writing on the walls and like she'd go and like put on clothes and then put on different clothes. And I was like, oh, and I was watching it with my parents, and I was like, I, I think I, I think I have something like that, like I, I, that's looking like normal to me, like what I see as normal. Oh wow! So yeah, I really have Claire Danes to thank for that because I went and saw a psychiatrist and talked to him for like a couple of hours, and then he was like, yeah, I think you're right. Um, wow. But yeah, that's a weird way to sort of find that out, I think. But it, yeah, I'm, I'm sure like other people talk about this, but it's so relieving to know. <laughs> yeah, something I'm sure you found that as well. We've yeah. really kind of like. It's just like, oh, there's there's some reason f- for this. Yeah, like I, yeah. I'm not just the only person who can't cope with life. Yeah, that's not my problem. It's actually that I have yeah, a thing. It's a, it's a <laughs> chemical illness. Yeah, um, but I think also like it's it's sort of nice to, um, you know, like uh, I think when you are feeling like really bad, but you kind of have a pretty good life, it's kind of hard to be like, oh wait, you kind of feel like. I don't really deserve to feel this sad or something like that. I've, I've yeah. like talked to other people who felt that sort of feeling as well. Like, um, like, I, like, I don't deserve to be sad. There's horrible things happening, but I mean, you can only really have your own experiences. Like, you can only really see things yeah. through your own eyes and brain. So, like, if you feel really sad, then there's, it's worth addressing, not ignoring. Yeah, I was talking to a friend the other day who, like, has struggled with depression. And she was saying that it took her like five years to realize that she was depressed and then, and then she finally got help and she like two weeks into medication or whatever uh, treatment she was doing, she was like, why didn't I do this five years ago? (laughs) And she felt really guilty for like that. And then she went, oh, I know why, because I was depressed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one of the hard things about depression is like, I feel like even now, like I feel like most of it is waiting it out. Yeah, I don't think there's really anything you can do. Like, there's things that people say you can do, but I don't know if they, like, it seems like uh, it's it's because it's so like all encompassing. It's really hard to sort of just like snap out of it or anything like that. Like, you know, yeah. I definitely like my mum has definitely said to me um, before we really knew what was going on would be like, oh, you just sort of like um, you know keep going and then you'll be fine. Like, yeah, it's like well, I'm keep I'm going downwards. I keep going downwards. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's not. It's not sadness like with sadness there's it, a reason there's a reason yeah. and and usually if you distract yourself or if you like wait for time to pass yeah because like, if you're sad about um like i was really sad when my dog died yeah and of course like it's still not a nice memory but the pain has gone away with time yeah but depression's different like because it's still with you as time progresses yeah and uh, yeah that's one of the the things of, with um with bipolar as well as um, like since, since that really bad time I've, I've been getting like increasingly better, like the ups and downs are, uh, have been getting much easier to deal with. Um, 
and like at one point my mom said something like um so are you cured cured yet and oh. i was like they're kind of half joking but yeah sort of but not they would love it if you said yes yeah, yeah. and i was like no <laughs> yeah, i think about it every day yeah um but it, yeah i don't know i i think it's interesting because i feel like uh with bipolar it's actually like um incredibly i think it's like definitely a huge part of me i don't want to say it's like all of me or anything like that but it's just really something that's helped like the sort of self-awareness that it requires looking after yourself with it has actually been really good for like writing and stuff because I, I often will like reflect and think about things a lot um and find that easy to do and, and enjoy doing it yeah. um and also to reflect on those things and try and think about what they were really like and not sort of make it like not sort of like put the template of bipolar onto things that have happened to me Right. Which can be, I think can be dangerous. Like, it seems like it's not necessarily helpful to be like, oh, I ruined that friendship because I was manic or depressed. Oh, I don't think okay. that's going to necessarily help. Is it like to look at actually um, what you did, your actions and yeah. your thoughts, rather than putting it all inside this one condition? Yeah, because I, I think that, I think um, it's not an excuse. I, I Like, I, I'm not sure how you deal with your fatigue stuff, but I don't really tell too many people because I don't want them to think that I'm trying to excuse anything. Yeah. So instead I like aim to not try and, you know, fall into like bad behavior or anything like that. Yeah, that's something interesting because I, I had um, a friend a while back who uh, was bipolar and he started being kind of really awful. Mm. And I, because I didn't know anything about bipolar, I was like kind of excusing it thinking... And then I went and looked up bipolar and research. I was like, hang on, there's nothing in here about being a shithead. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a huge thing. Like, I, I think that's especially with mania. And um, I've got like type two, so that's like a slower cycling sort of bipolar. Okay. Um, and the it, you don't have so much a psychotic mania as this thing they call hypermania, which is less sort of like um, hallucinations and still a little bit delusional, but not as delusional. But just basically elevated feelings of like you know energy and excitement and stuff. Um, and the first time I was on that, I was really horrible, like, uh, and, and it's really like, actually, that's one of those things which is hard to think about because it's so clear that I wasn't in, in myself really. Yeah. Um, but I still can't, it's not like I can excuse that. Like, I still feel like I did that. Um, but it, it's a, it's a hard thing to do because I think like yeah. the way I like to think about it is like, okay, I did that, but I'm going to you know deal with it as like, as a consequence of that, I'm going to try and be better and like try and not let that happen again rather than, yeah, blaming it or excusing it or something. But you, I mean, like, you take into account the fact that you, you have bipolar when you're thinking yeah. about why you did things and stuff. Like Yeah, definitely. I, I think, because um, I, I think, like you said before, like, it, it is, there's some part of you that is there, like, that has those ideas or thoughts. So yeah. you are on some level acting on stuff, I think, that, that exists. I think it would be harder if you were more delusional. If you were, or I, 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 yeah, I, I my, so. my delusions are always of grandeur. <laughs> yeah. That's not because of, uh, that's just the way I am. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, if you're having delusions, then you're like basing your understanding of reality off things that maybe aren't happening. And then yeah. maybe that would change well, the way you behave. I, that, that big sort of medic career I had, I did definitely have a feeling of like, oh, I've, I've figured it out. I'm onto something. Like, I know how to do this. But. At the, in the meantime, I was having fights with my parents, and like, I, I lost like a couple of friends because I, I just like we had like terrible argument, or like I said something really horrible that shouldn't have been said or didn't need to be said, but I thought that I was doing something good for some reason. Like I thought that, like I was helping, 
Yeah. I was totally not. So, oh, man. Um, so I think, like, I, I'm very much aware of that. Like, whenever I feel, like, a sort of elevated mood, I, I make sure that, that that doesn't get out of control. Because yeah. that's, that's, that's the scariest part. Like, um, I think depression is, is really horrible, but it generally will not make you, yeah, like, it, won't, it, it makes you stay away from people, I think. Whereas, like, many, I wanted to, like, go and pick fights and stuff. So wow. It's not very nice. Like, um, was that something you were doing? Were you, like, going out and going, like, going, hey, skinheads? And oh, not, like... not, not necessarily <laughs> physical fights. Although I'm pretty sure, like, the only barely fight I beat in happened when I was on, like, when I was a bit manic. Um, I think, yeah, some, some guy didn't like that my friend was wearing a pink blazer or something like that. And I, you know, I didn't, it's not, it wasn't really a fight so much as like us getting shoved a little bit. But yeah, but yeah I, I think I would, in my life that counts as a big fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did shave my head into a mohawk, which is not, I recommend because is this your hair now though? Because is, it... Well, it was kind of like much thinner and taller and all the way down, what? which is a haircut, which people assume that you're an awful person. Oh no. <laughs> Some people like, I don't know. Like I just got a lot of weird feelings about it, but um, you've got like a really high undercut now, mm. but you just look trendy. <laughs> That's good. Trendy <laughs> is better than like looking like some sort of like scumbag or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, and I used to like, like kind of like get off of it on like looking like that and then like having really intelligent conversations with people, which is a yeah. weird thing. Like I was like, I can prove people wrong. And like, <laughs> It's like, like when I think about it, I get like embarrassed because it's so, it was so like weird to be in that zone, in that headspace. Were you so a teenager anti my personality. Were, were you a teenager at this time? Um, I would have been 18 or 19, even 19, yeah. Because I feel like that, you know, you can excuse a bit. I, I, I think, hopefully, maybe this is just me, but I feel like we were all a bit like that at 18, you know? <laughs> yeah, trying to prove something. Like, yeah. I think so. And fair enough. I mean, well, when I think, I think that, about it, yeah. yeah. I needed, I felt like really boxed in and yeah, I felt like I needed to prove myself. And I think there's like an, an element to which like that was one of the things that sort of helped hide it and like sort of helped hide some of the bipolar symptoms perhaps when I was like really depressed as a teenager was the fact that it was like, oh, this is a teenage boy, like being depressed is like part of that or something. Um, but yeah, which like, which is so sad. It should not yeah. be part of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I have a really great, um, well, two really great. I have a, a psychiatrist and a psychologist. That I sort of see a, a bit, and um, I have a really great psychologist who, because she's known me since I was like seventeen, like, like she she's got. I feel like she's just got like a you know, little sort of back catalogue of me, so she knows kind of what stuff means. Because um, one, one of the big things I've heard from people who who feel like they're depressed or anxious um, is going to uh, a psychiatrist and not feeling very welcome or not feeling tr- like they can trust that person. Um, so I feel lucky that I've, I've kind of got a good one. Yeah. Um, which is a hard, I mean, yeah, it is, I, it is a weird thing, like therapy and, and that, but I, I've, I can't help but find it like really, really valuable. Even if I, if I'm like, yeah, I'm like on top of this, I think if I go and see, if I have an appointment and I go see my psychologist, sometimes I'll be like, oh, there are a couple of things that I could do now that would help. Like mm. I've, I've never gone in there and been like, well, this was a waste of time. You know, like <laughs> I think it just, I think it helps to have someone to talk to, but. Like, someone who's qualified and isn't going to judge you is nice as well. Yes. Isn't that nice? Especially, like, I don't know, um, this might sound weird, but, like, when I've been to therapy, there's a certain amount where I'm always feeling like I shouldn't be talking about my feelings. And, like, I shouldn't be talking about myself. 
But then I go into therapy and it's like, I remind myself at the beginning that I actually paid for this person's time. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why in my messed up worldview, paying for someone's time means they're going to pay more attention to you than your friends will. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's part of the, um, you know, the, the, the warped thinking yeah, that comes with totally. um, depression and anxiety and stuff. But it, that sort of helps me like go, okay, like this person is expecting you to actually yeah. talk about your feelings. I mean, <laughs> what, one, what I have, which is maybe the opposite, is, is uh, when I've been a little bit sort of elevated, I kind of go in there wanting to like show off a bit. <laughs> I, f- I feel that, like, yeah, I get that. Like when I'm, when I'm like a little bit like elevated, even like, um, you know, I'll be going out to dinner with like some family and I'll in my mind I'll be like oh this is an opportunity to show off like and when I think about it afterwards I'm like oh god no because I think it's funny because it's so like almost anti what I feel like is my real personality to like to like be so obviously showing off not that I don't you know yeah I would never think of you as a show off oh that's good like... that's nice <laughs> you I, I always think like because we did a uh, show together at the mm. Brisbane Writers Festival yeah. last year I yeah, think yeah. it was and um, you were just so, like, calm and humble and nice. And well, I actually was going to ask you about this because, like, one of the main, like, sort of things I've heard, uh, which which I don't think is true, is people being like, oh, you're so, so like, chilled out and calm. But yeah. I think that's something I work myself up to. Like, I think my natural state is a little bit, like, frantic and anxious. So huh. I think that sort of calm is something that I, I've been working on. But, um, but yeah, because I... I with you, I, I feel like you're a very um, sort of um, confident and easily, like, yeah, enthusiastic person. But I don't know if that's kind of, like, maybe a similar thing of, like, not quite it's, real. <laughs> no, I, it's confusing um, because um, sometimes, maybe you feel this, this way too, but sometimes um, I have trouble with, like, what's my personality and what's my condition because yeah. with the fatigue, <clears throat> I'm... I'm so tired all the time and um, it makes me kind of become a bit of a shut-in and Mm. and also um, it makes it hard to like socialize so like yes I am genuinely like an outgoing enthusiastic person but I think like people that I've met since I've had chronic fatigue this time maybe don't see that and then it maybe Mm. seems fake also I'm usually like like I get really excited about people. <laughs> like yeah. I love being like like at yarn, you know, when I was yeah. a bit drunk on cocktails, I was just yeah. getting so excited <laughs> and like um, you know, and and then like but that wears me out because I you know, yeah. I've got this condition and then I and then I think it all starts to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah, I think I think my sort of worldview actually is like fairly sort of calm and like I don't know, I sort of do think that it's important to be positive and put out positive stuff. But, um, but that's sort of like, yeah, that, that's not always, that doesn't always fit with like how I'm behaving. So I think there is like a certain level with bipolar of like, like being aware of like where, where you are amongst this. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes now actually I will sort of like be depressed or a bit manic and have like a thought and then be like, wait, you don't think that, like just (laughs) just get rid of that. You don't need that. Um, It's not Mike. But yeah, like. Uh, it's hard though because like I have I have like like things in place and like positive thinking and and reframing things, but it's still like something that I'm getting better at and not I'm not completely good, good at figuring out sometimes and like sometimes it's easy to you know do bad things and get into bad behavior patterns and not sleep properly and stuff like that. 
yeah. and just let that keep going on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep hygiene is so difficult. It's the, I think that's the one that I'm, I'm the worst at. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I think, especially because my anxiety likes to kick in at about 2 a.m., mm. which is the worst. Like, maybe I got to try and sleep before 2 a.m. and try and beat it. <laughs> but with, because I take lithium, um, which is like a mood stabilizer, which I, I think sort of like stops the highs from peaking too high and the lows from going too low. Um, but I still get a bit of, you know, leeway in the middle, which is, is okay. But I take like some in the morning and some at night. So if I wake up at midday, and I go to bed till 6am it sort of starts to get really weird and like I do have like moments of feeling like suddenly like suddenly a bit off or suddenly not myself yeah um but yeah because I, I think I think I do like now consider like uh those sort of elevated times not myself but right. I think it's hard to just let that go if something's happened in the past kind of thing how do you mean like um like, uh, like the, I had one really good friend when I was, like, really manic, and we had this huge fight, and we don't really speak, or if we see each other, we sort of just wave a little, and um, that's one thing that I don't feel I can just be like, oh, that was just me being crazy. I feel like I do have to take responsibility for that on some level, and yeah. I'm, <laughs> I've been working myself up to doing something about that. I don't know if that'll happen, but... Mike's friend, if you're listening... <laughs> He's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. It wasn't very nice. But um but yeah, I think like I think it's good though experiencing that in some ways. Like I was gonna sort of say before that I think that what this sort of self awareness has done is like create a like really good sense of myself in a way. Like yeah. I feel like um in terms of writing I feel very comfortable with the idea of having a voice mm. um and writing as myself. Um, that seems very natural to me because I kind of have an idea of that. I don't think any many well I think most young writers are necessarily completely you know figured them their own voice out but I feel yeah. quite okay with it cool um, which is really really nice so and having those crazy experiences are actually sometimes really valuable and interesting to write about as well and it's doing well for you because you just won this <laughs> short story competition yeah which, which is really nice um, <laughs> it was I, Yen magazine um I'm not sure that they're not doing it. They haven't put it in a magazine yet, but oh. it, it was the State Library um, Young Writers Award. Um, I've talked That's to them right. about. They they wanted someone from there asked me about putting it in something, but I haven't really sorted that out yet. That's cool though. So you won State Library Short Story Award. Yeah, uh, Young Writers Award. Which, Young um, Writers Award. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a short God, story. what's with my brain? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like that because uh, that was one of those stories that, that is written in my voice and is written about stuff that's happened to me, even though it's like so congealed a little bit. Um, so it felt really good to have that recognized by you know something like that. Yeah. Um, it's very reassuring. And as we've talked about before, uh, you um, you were in the Brisbane Writers' Festival doing a reading. And yeah, I really like those readings because I don't think, and this, I think it's one of the reasons why I like playing in a band as well because that's sort of like immediate reaction, which is something you don't get when you're sitting in your room on your laptop writing. Yeah. It's nice to have that sort of like, it's terrifying, it's so scary, but um, like I found like the times that I've sort of done a reading or a storytelling thing, um, like I feel so, so anxious and then as soon as I start and I get like a laugh or a reaction or something, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I was doing this for. Like, it, it's almost too good. I always like it too much. Um, oh man, like it's like crack for me. <laughs> yeah, um, that self, like, cause, cause you're like, I wrote this and I'm reading it so they like me. Like that oh, sort yeah. of validation. <laughs> that's so true. So I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, yeah, like a room of 
40 people have just validated me. It's pretty heady. Mm. <laughs> I, I got addicted to performing quite mm. early. I think I, like, as like a young child, I was always putting on plays That's for my awesome. family and family friends. And I've just tried to turn that into a career because well that's good i'm hooked yeah yeah (laughs) i think it's like a very specific kind of like um sort of thriller high you get from from creating something and then someone saying it's good yeah um i think that yeah it's it's just the best it is i think like that alone that i think that is enough reason to try doing writing and music to me is like that's where i get the most kick from is that kick Um, drum Oh, <laughs> drums! There's something there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, drums, drums is the best as well because I'm so like heady all the time. And, like with writing, it's it's pretty heady. And if I'm writing about myself and like reflecting on things, so it's nice to go and hit some stuff after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a good balance. Yeah, I need something to hit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important because I'm terrible with exercise. Like I, don't, I can't really do it. Like especially with depression, people are like, oh, you should exercise and that'll oh. make you feel way better. But I'm like, I'm depressed and I'm scared of leaving the house. Yeah. It seems like it's gonna work. I'm <laughs> depressed and I'm scared of leaving the house. Yeah. And they'll be like, get an elliptical machine. Oh, but God. That costs money. Costs money. I mean, also, I, I live in Paddington now. I was living in West End before. Um, but in Paddington, I feel scared of running because there's all these, like, mums with Vaughn and Jane running around. And, like, <laughs> yes. Paddington dads who are really interesting. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit obsessed with Paddington dads. That's so true, Paddington dads. It's a thing. They're, yeah, they're, they've a thing. got a they've got a sort of unified look going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I they always can't really they, describe it. They always. I now that you mention it, I realize that like yes, they, I always see these Paddington dads from the <laughs> bus, and they look like they're just on top of everything. Yeah. And it's so intimidating. But I think it's interesting because their clothes look like expensive but old. Like yeah. And you know probably like sneakers. And, yeah. and often, Polo often shirts. really good dogs, like really great dogs. Oh my god! Great looking dogs. The dogs around here. Are <laughs> the the Paddington best. dogs are the best. <laughs> a friend of mine's um, mum lives in Paddington, and they have the, like these two little like sausage dog cross something, and they're they're ridiculous. They're so adorable, oh, but they look very they look pretty fancy. So are you studying writing? Yeah, I'm studying writing and literature, and I'm taking my time with it because I don't really like going to uni. <laughs> But I feel like I have to. I feel like I should. And it's, I, I do learn stuff. And it feels good after. It's like, it's like getting out of bed. It's like, once I get out of bed, I'm like, yeah, okay. You gotta get um, the momentum. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like uni's a bit like that. Like, I don't really like having to be at a place or <laughs> someone being like, you have to write a thing by this date. And that's sometimes very hard to do. It's stressful. Um, do you, do, is that like just a personality trait or do you feel like not knowing what your health is going to be like in a week or five weeks. I think that's part of it. It's, it's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm too scared to work in hospitality again. Because <laughs> I had many times of being like, I just don't think I can smile at strangers today. I don't know. That. And, you know, that's the main thing I got when I was working in, like, coffee places and stuff is boss would, like, put me aside and be like, we need you to smile more. <laughs> upsetting people. I don't know. <laughs> like, just not smiling enough. You're upsetting enough. people. You're upsetting the customers. They've, they do they've not gone like- off their coffee. <laughs> People do not like a relaxed expression, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really actually, I really actually enjoy like really shitty young people at coffee places. Like who work there. Cause I just, I just know I'm like, yeah, it sucks so much. Like I'm not doing their job shittily, but just with an attitude. I don't mind. I'm like, yeah, it's bad. You're yeah. okay. I, I feel okay about you not smiling and being like, so how's the day been? I, I'm fine with that. I prefer that to obnoxious, like obnoxious obnoxiously friendly. 
Yeah. I walked into a cafe once in North Perth and this guy went, he was obviously like five years younger than me. Yeah. And he called me, I think he called me like babe or love babe. or love oh. or something. I think he was like, oh, what, what can I do for your love? And I was like, you're 20. Mm, Just... <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I immediately was like, I'll oh, wash your mouth out with soap, young man. <laughs> even, even sometimes when someone who you know doesn't care asks you how your day is, like there's some level on, I don't think I've ever done this before, but on which I want to be like, we don't need to do this. It's okay. Relax. It's fine. Just, no. Just put your hand up in yeah, the just, just then, then look away. It'll be great. <laughs> and everyone will just be like, oh, good. We're freed of the obligation yeah. to be polite to each other. Yeah. Because I think like a lot of jobs sort of like tell, tell people that like, you know, you got to customer service and try and upsell and smile and ask them how their day is and blah 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 but I don't think it's always important especially with coffee because it's probably the morning which yeah. is already bad everyone, I think everyone wants in the morning they just want like um quiet and but like a kind of demeanor that is like um easy going sl- sort of like not an angry demeanor yeah. but like detached it, <laughs> from you, their you, barista the thing that, that came to me I don't know why it was just like some sort of like temple of monks where everyone's quiet with the ones they don't speak. Like that's kind of how I would like the morning to go. Everyone, everyone's sort of working in harmony, but no one needs to talk about anything. I feel like people should know more about Brisbane. Cause like, like the people who live here. Oh no, everyone? no. People who live here are doing fine. Mm. Good on you if you're here. Um, <laughs> But, like, I came here and I could not believe that no one had been talking about Brisbane. All these yeah. years that everyone was like, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, But I feel Melbourne, like Sydney. that's a very much outsider thing. Like, I think people who grew up here have such a, like, take it for granted so much. Like, I take yeah. it for granted all the time. But, like, um, I remember I used to work with this Canadian girl and she was always like, oh, Brisbane is the most beautiful place I've seen in the world. And she was, like, really well-traveled as well. Yeah. Like, I love it. It's my favorite place. And I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah. People were being like, Brisbane is the best place. It's beautiful. Um, I couldn't believe it. It is really nice. Like, some, some, some bits are pretty good. Like, yeah. Like, sometimes a park is really nice. Um, but, yeah. You're such I, a local. <laughs> some bits are good. Some bits are good. I don't know. Some bits are I ugly, I saw a though. nice park. <laughs> some bits are ugly. I don't like some of the buildings. But. It's kind of true everywhere, though. Except yeah, Switzerland. Switzerland really? is uniformly perfect. Mm. I, have, I did not see a part of Switzerland, unless they just don't show you. Unless it's, like, in a valley somewhere, secret valley, all of the yeah. ugliness. You know, I'd, I'd actually like to live, um, if there's a place that's equivalent to the Shire, I'd love to live there. That looks really nice. I think, like... like that little house on the hill. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Bilbo, what does he do after he's adventure? He just sits around, like, writes a book, like, eats cheese and stuff. Yeah, that's Seems true. Seems really like, good. What do the hobbits do? I'm How? pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, like, the Baggins are, like, must have family money. Yeah. Because they don't seem to do jobs. Like, there are other hobbits doing jobs around them. That's true. And, like, they can afford a gardener, so... Oh, yeah. And, like, um, everyone's always trying... Like, there's always... There's an ongoing thing of, like, family members trying to, like, sneakily inherit back, back yeah. end or something. So I guess it's quite a rich situation. I'm not sure. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. But it seems welcome, like a nice Welcome to life. Just a Spoonful. <laughs> we're investigating Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, we're investigating Bag End. Um, but those houses seriously look so nice. I'd love to live in one of those houses. They, I saw, so cozy. like, because I, I think Tolkien based the Shire quite a lot on England, okay. and um, I saw houses in England, and I don't think they were, um, like, a tourist attraction. They mm. were actually, like, 
peat moss roofs, roofs wow. and um, cute little buildings nice. with like fires burning merrily inside. I think I could live in England. Oh. I, I quite like England and like English people. Um, England's great. I like how green it is, and I like the temperature most of the time. It does get a bit too cold though, but too cold. A bit too cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like when I went there, I found it really, really like nice. We went to like uh, went to Stratford upon Avon, um, nice. and saw saw um, like a really modern uh, version of Julius Caesar, which was set in like an African nation with like a you know e- evil sort of like warlord type guy. Plague Caesar. It was really amazing, and it was like that. That town was like properly beautiful, like so so nice. Yeah. Um, I I think I could live somewhere like that. Actually, my favorite um story about living in England is um Nick Cave, um lives. I think he. I'm not sure if he lives there still, but he used to live in Brighton, like on the beach. And in an interview, someone was like, "Oh, well, that must be nice for you, like living by the beach." And he goes, "I don't, I don't really like the beach. (laughs) It's the waves are annoying. They're really repetitive." (laughs) And I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> he moved to the beach. Yeah. And doesn't like the beach. No, it's too repetitive. <laughs> I don't look. I'm not. I don't understand Nick Cave. I, <laughs> I, I went. He I had, don't know if anyone does. <laughs> does he understand himself? Well, he just. There's a documentary out at the moment, isn't I there? I want to see that. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that will shed some light. <laughs> he did. Um. Like. Like some of the best sort of like writing tips, which I think is something you do when you're procrastinating writing, is read. Yeah. About people. <laughs> writing tips um, is that he has like a space in his house which is like his office and he goes there like nine to five and just will work on music or scripts or um, books and and then he'll go have some lunch and go back to his office then he'll go back at the other day he wears a suit as well what? and I was like that's really cool that for some reason that like seems really nice to me I'm not doing that now <laughs> but it's a nice thing to aim for I think is just to actually treat it like working hours well, I mean, yeah, that's one nice thing about writing, I guess, is that, like, often I'll find myself writing at, like, three in the morning, because I'll, I'll be like, oh, no, I, I've got a really good idea for this. Yeah. And there's no way I'm going to be able to cling on to it through, like, sleeping. No, absolutely. I, I've, I've tried to, like, many times, as most writers have, I'm sure, tried to implement working hours for myself, mm. and, because my theory is, like, if I can get all of the ideas if I set the time during the day to get all the ideas out then they won't come when I'm trying to fall asleep mm. like because I, I always get I don't know if you find this I get like a lot of my best ideas when I'm just about to fall asleep me too yeah and then I have to get up turn the light on get my pen and but I'm like maybe oh. there's something about like like the calm of like going to sleep like I wonder whether yeah. I'm just like spending some time in the day sort of um, you know just not doing anything and you know, meditating or like thinking about something might be a good way to sort of like you know, recreate that feeling of like just yeah. sort of nodding off and then something snaps into your head yeah and that's my theory is like that that's the only time of day because usually I'm mm. like um, I don't know I'm busy I'm cooking or cleaning or seeing people or working mm. or whatever and I'm sort of constantly occupied my mind is occupied and I'm like well if I just create a time uh, and then when, when you lay down and you know put put your book down turn the lights off That's just a truck going by my house. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like maybe I could, um, like maybe all those thoughts kind of um, pile up, and then at night they all come out. And I could, if I could, like free them earlier, maybe I could sleep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a theory. There must be. There must be a way. There must be a way to harness this special power. 
I, I always think to myself, what would Stephen King do? <laughs> and I'm not even a, like a huge Stephen King Me fan. Me neither, but I like what he says about stuff sometimes. Yeah. Some of, it, some of it's pretty good. <laughs> I, li- I like what he says <laughs> about stuff sometimes. Not a fan of his job, but yeah. He's, but yeah, I had to read reading a couple of like things, writing tips from him, which were all pretty like pretty much agreeable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't think of any of them off the top of my head. He just like I think he said I think he's the one who said um, write with the door closed, edit with the door open. Yeah. Which was cool. Um, I, I was, imagine if you didn't have a door, <laughs> just fucked. Don't yeah, write. That's the only way. Become a brickie. <laughs> yeah, because I I like to write like in my room with the door open actually all the time but, you're doing it wrong but um <laughs> like one of the things that I really like at the moment is I've got like a couple of friends who are really good at reading my work like really good at editing mm. and giving advice um one of them I go to uni with and the other one um is I think she just graduated but she's gonna graduate from writing down in Sydney and she does writing in law I think and um like I'll often send stuff to them and I think because they're my friends and stuff they kind of like know what I'm on about and give me really, really good, like, edits and feedback. Cool. And that's, like, one of the things that I didn't really ever think about until I tried it, like, having my work edited. It's actually the best, like... Yeah. Um, and I actually like that maybe more than writing sometimes, is, like, sort of crafting it and getting it all, like, nice and and pretty. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, like, uh, that's, like, one of the big things that I wouldn't have thought of is, like, having really, really good people to um, write your, uh, read your work and give you tips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, um... My friend Zen, mm. uh, Zenobia Frost, great poet, who I'll probably bring up every single episode of this podcast. <laughs> she's the best. You're the best, Zen. She's here somewhere. Um, but uh, <laughs> she's um, she and her partner Francis have edited like a couple of my poems yeah. since I started really hanging out with them. And I'm like, this is they've made my poetry like um, they've made my writing better because yeah. they've like. You know, they, 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 like you say, they kind of know me and they, but they question, they're like, like, what was your intention here? And, yeah, and yeah. this description could work harder for you and stuff. And it's made me think harder about what I'm doing and yeah, it's, I, I'm it's getting so better. Good, eh? and, and, and it does make you like get better at doing that with your own work as well. Yeah. Cause, cause um, it's, it's not just that they take something you've done and then they fix it. Mm. It's like they question you and challenge you and it's brilliant. Yeah. And like, you know, my friend Lily as well will say stuff like, um, like highlight a whole paragraph and go I see what you're trying to say but this is all not that good <laughs> and she's right though like this is just like yeah she's done some of the best edits with like stuff like that which I really appreciate like yeah when someone's just like ah uh, try again yeah no this isn't working sometimes you labor over something forever and you're just like at some point you're just like oh this just isn't gonna work yeah um which sucks but I guess that's just part of it yeah I'm just trying I've been trying to like write more like bulk so that I don't mm. feel as precious about each individual piece yeah and it's not as big a blow if it doesn't work because I've already written seven other things yeah well I'm trying to write like sort of like a novella sized story at the moment um which is so much fun and so much like because I've never done anything like that before cool. and it's really really challenging but one of the nicest things is like because I'm trying to hit a certain word limit I just sort of keep pushing on rather than spending too much time going over stuff which I will do eventually but it's nice to just sort of just see the the like page length and the word word count on word is like a nice enough sort of encouragement in a way it's yeah. like oh look how far this has got um, yeah you're yeah. like i did something i did this mm. yeah are you um have you ever done national national novel writing month no is that now 
Uh, I think it's starting. Well, this will this this will probably go to air in November. So yes, it's now. It's right <laughs> it's now. now. Um, <laughs> well, I I'd like to um, maybe I don't know if I'll be able to. Yeah, because this this thing has to be submitted by like the second of December. But I mean, I'll oh, probably wow. do both. But um, I think like uh, I don't know like everyone uses the month differently, but um, mm-hmm. the sort of traditional thing is like you start from scratch on the first of November, yeah, and then you write fifty thousand words by the the end of it. It's like a month. really fun idea, like yeah, because um, I've sort of I'm only doing like thirty thousand words in this one, but I'm sort of like um, just working on it in bursts mm. um, amongst uni work and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. I think that'd be really good because actually that is what I want to do like is write books yeah um, I think so yeah I, I mean I'd really like to a lot like it's hard to it's hard for me to just be like yeah that's gonna definitely happen in yeah, my brain yeah. but I think that's a good thing <laughs> but yeah it's something I really really want to do so I'm gonna try and like head towards that um, cool yeah like novels fiction novels yeah I think so like the story I'm writing at the moment is um like it's pretty informed by my life but it is like fictional and I'm writing like two characters perspectives I'm writing like a female character which um I haven't I've done that like once before but um that's really interesting to do um especially in the context because the book's sort of about like relationships um mm. of like you know late teens to early 20s um just don't don't have her constantly talking about her hair yeah I mean, like, it's such a common trope. <laughs> I know. I, I'm very like aware of that. I'm almost afraid of it. Like, I feel like when I edit, I will delete a bunch of stuff where I'm like, oh, I'm being, I'm not being very helpful right now. But I think like one of the best things is like I've just been talking to like a bunch of friends about weird like relationship or sex experiences and um, sort of like taking little snippets from from those. And I, I like I really like the challenge of like writing a female character because I so often write as myself, so it's like. It feels like it feels like really not hard in terms of like oh, I'm just writing a person like yeah I think I think maybe if I tried to write it I mean some of the stuff I'm talking about it does have to like obviously be from a female perspective but it's just I think it's like the challenge is to make that really believable and true and not just about a guy and a girl as like sort of opposites or anything like that yeah not just archetypes or something yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah um, but yeah it's hard I think it's going okay cool. Know. I look forward to reading it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll <laughs> exist at some point. Um, but yeah, I've, I've also like thinking about doing some more, just like writing stuff and putting it online. Because a couple of people I know have done that, like um, Oliver Mole and like um, mm. Sam McGuire. I think that was a Stephen King thing. Actually, it was like you should have like infinite stories. Like yeah. there's no story is like this is my story. Like it's yeah. all you should just keep me out. Do it. That's like the actual job of a writer. So I like the idea of sort of just putting stuff out there and just letting it keep coming. Twitter is that for me. It's micro-blogging, I'm a bit addicted to Twitter. Right? Yeah. It's the best. It's really good. Uh, my, my tweets have really gone in a weird place. There are, like, pictures of my cat or, like, things I think about at, like, 3 in the morning, which are often bad. <laughs> I so. like your tweets, though, because they, <laughs> they almost are written as if no one will read them, and, yeah. and I like that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I feel like I write some of my stories like that as well, like, in terms of I write something, and then someone will say something like, oh, that bit in your story where you're t- talking about um, a character masturbating and thinking about two different people at the same time is really nice. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> Shit. What do you think, like, um, so uh, have you written for Scum Mag? Yeah. I've read your stuff in Scum. Yeah. No, I have, because I read that really great story you wrote about um, you, you have this relationship, this friendship that was entirely online. Yeah. Uh, is this Lily? Is this yeah, your friend Lily? Yeah, that's Lily, Lily who I yeah. stuff to. It was, it was a really great story, but um, 
there's a real thing, and I don't know if this has always been a thing, and I'm just noticing now, of a 20-something memoir, like yeah. 20-somethings writing memoir. And um, uh, and I'm, I'm one of them. I like writing memoir yeah. as well. But it's sort of like, what do you think about that? Do you think that it's like... I think that it is like super popular right now. Yeah. So I think like with that in mind, anything I've written recently that's about myself, I really like want it to be special. Mm. For me, because like with writing that story, when we were brainstorming it, um, and the story is also just the reality of us sort of talking on the internet, um, is like I think the the we were kept sort of talking about the idea that both of us had never had a relationship with someone which wasn't in somewhat like based on the internet, like oh. you know MySpace or like MSN or texting, like that. That's just such a huge part of like how relationships develop now, and. Um, and that that's not necessarily that um, I, don't, I haven't really read anything that's been super looking at that yeah um, unless like I mean you know there'll be like current affairs stories oh, yeah. like children children are, sending nudes of each other they're snapchatting everything yeah um, I, but, I'm, I'm pretty like um, I, I'm very wary of people saying like um, oh technology is bad like a, a baby with an iPad is the worst thing ever I'm like I'm not sure it just seems like another thing it doesn't really seem that crazy. What I heard was about like the internet, like people embracing the internet. If you're if you're against the internet, it's like the guy who's still riding a horse while everyone's driving cars around. Yeah. Just being like, no, those those are horrible. Yeah, like, they're here. They exist. And it's you're totally, gonna use them or not? Exactly. It is totally legit to be the guy who rides a horse because you like horses. Mm. But to be like, cars are bad. Cars yeah. are evil. Although I mean, I don't know. Maybe cars are bad, but <laughs> maybe cars are evil, aren't they? I think they are. Well, um, I mean, they they pollute, the, yeah. but, but at the same time... So he time, was right, the horse guy was right. <laughs> but at the same time, they probably have led to like more access to healthcare and fresh food sure. for a lot of people in exactly. rural situations. So yeah, ah. I, think, I think like one of the things about the internet um, is like, I don't think you should, I, I think it's one of those things where it's just a tool, like you should just be able to use it. Like Facebook, for example, um, maybe you could like have a vacuous sort of thing that happens on there, but, or you could use it to like organize groups for like working on an idea or like you know people's birthdays is great but like just <laughs> yeah. just like um like i like the idea that all social media and stuff is a way of just connecting to people and for someone who sometimes is afraid to leave his room it's nice to be able to talk to people and not have to get out of my pajamas <laughs> yeah. i think that's really helpful for me and sometimes that like sometimes like going on facebook and just talking to someone for a little while will be enough for me to be like, well, I should go out and get some errands done. Like, yeah. Which is nice. So I think and, it's just how you use it, I guess. And like, I, I'm so tired of this whole, we're more connected than ever and yet we're less connected than ever. Mm. Like, I just, like you say, it's a tool. And um, Yeah, well, that seems very much up to people, doesn't it? Like, yeah. it, it seems like, yeah, you could be, let that do that to you or you could not. And that's a really, like, what, like what's the solution that these people are proposing? <laughs> get rid of the internet <laughs> i don't know it seems like it's here like it exists we should all live into move into communes um with uh, no wi-fi i don't really like camping is that similar <laughs> to communes <laughs> you're an indoors person aren't you yeah i mean you know a friend of mine went hiking and was like do you want to come and i was like no i i don't need to do that ever it's like but you get to the top and like you look out and it's beautiful and i'm like mm. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem that appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> also, why, why do we have, like, people camping sometimes, like, we have houses. We build houses. <laughs> why are we doing tents? 
So silly, we made houses so we didn't have to live in tents. Doesn't make any sense. Once we had the houses, <laughs> the tents were obsolete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what is my opinion. this? What is this nostalgia yeah. for tents? I never, I never had a good time camping. Yeah, I think, I think we got very sidetracked. Were we talking about something? I don't. Were we talking about anything profound? Uh, probably uh. not. <laughs> the, I mean, the internet stuff is really interesting. I'm so interested in the internet. I'm really like interested in like the future as well. Like, I live with two architects, and we spend a lot of time like sort of talking about like, um, what would sort of a ideal society be and how to get there and it's so, it's so interesting to talk about like we don't really have any answers we have a couple yeah. of ideas but like um yeah because i think there's a lot of like uh sort of you know obvious um unhappiness with politics and the way the world is but i feel like there's very little like ideas of um here's a goal and here's how to get there to make yeah. everyone's life better we've got goals That's... mike stop the boats stop the boats once there's no boats we'll be happy uh, well, uh, uh, it's so hard talking about that stuff sometimes because I don't really like I'm not really that engaged in politics in terms of I know about it and I have opinions about it but I don't really care if anyone knows them Yeah. so sometimes you talk to someone who has an opinion uh, I talk to someone who has an opinion very anti-mine and I find it very difficult because I want to I want to try and argue with them a lot sometimes I do but like it doesn't really seem to do anything to help anyone <laughs> you know like it just seems like futile but yeah, I think I think that's a pretty um, lucid observation about <laughs> politics. <laughs> mm. It mm. Ar- lots of arguing and not a whole lot of s- social change. I don't know. Yeah. Although we've like you know, there's been a lot of talk about Gough Whitlam since he passed away. Yeah, I've um, seen a bit of that pop up. And um, it's been kind of nice to like. I mean, it's obviously um, sad that he passed away. Mm. Although, you know, he, he got to a ripe old age. He, he did well. He was, like, probably one of the most dynamic ones, right? He seems the like one. he was pretty dynamic. He was guy. dynamic, yeah. He was, yeah. Like, really, like, you know, exciting kind of character. And yeah, and it's nice to, to think about a time in politics when um, there was hope and um, it was exciting and, I don't know, yeah, I guess, like, that seems to be lacking. Like, I feel like even friends of mine um, who sort of talk about, who talk very anti about stuff, um, aren't necessarily providing anything. Like, it's not, ne- like, what they're saying isn't necessarily putting a positive thing out there. And, you know, I think I'm guilty of that a little bit, of, like, getting down on something. Like, it's hard not to sometimes when yeah. something pops up and you're like, how has this even happened? I don't understand. But, like, I feel like it seems more important to push out positive vibes and trying to do something with that rather than everyone just being down and everything yeah i think um i think it's important to like point out problems um you know because like that's the first step on the road to solving problems yeah. is, like identifying them mm. but that seems a lot of people seem to get stuck on that step yeah um, i think like the media on many levels helps do that helps stop it in, from moving past that yeah but, um, it makes sense because conflict sells papers if papers are I read a newspaper the other day at a burger what? shop and it was crazy like reading a newspaper if you read a career mail it's the craziest thing it's just full of awful terrible things um, yeah. next to like sports and stuff and I just could really like yeah it was so interesting because of how crazy it was but then it, then it kind of makes you sad because you're like people somewhere are reading this and believing it which is yeah very terrifying and that's like maybe someone's connection to world news. Yeah, well, I mean, news. I, I probably should go on more like news websites because most of my news is like from Twitter or like 
comedians. <laughs> like, that's how I like to get my news, by um, John Oliver or something. Yes. I get a lot of my American news from John Oliver and John Stewart. <laughs> mm. um, American news is pretty crazy. Yeah. I think it's better, because it's more, it's even more. Yes, it's because there's more people and more craziness. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's interesting in America because it's such a giant place and there's such, like, a diversity there between different places that, like, lumping them all together seems really crazy. Yeah. I think people forget that and mm. I get annoyed because I'm, you know, I'm American Where about America are you from? Which... Um, my parents are from California. Oh, wow. Um, so I was born in Cairns. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, and, like, um, people will sort of, like, try and typify me and my parents and my family because we're American and it's like we're from one state well I'm not even from the state but like um my parents are from one state out of 50 yeah um it's a really big place yeah California (laughs) does seem pretty crazy though oh yeah Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah if you're gonna come from somewhere it's a pretty good place yeah well I mean you know I've been I've been here for for my whole life in Brisbane weird yeah Really? It's very strange. Have you, like, um, travelled? Oh, wait, yeah, you've just quite, told me that you've... a bit. Yeah, um, you've travelled, yeah. But I haven't travelled by myself. I really want to travel by myself. Because um, I've travelled a bit with family. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, that's the next sort of, yeah, travel thing I want to do, is go somewhere, live there for a bit. You could wear suits, <laughs> um, like, go to England, sit in a pub, write yeah. your novel. Yeah. Come on now, that would be amazing. Like How do I get money? <laughs> how do, how, yeah. That's like, I, I'm I find myself a, I'm asking so myself that all the time. Like, how? Okay, I like this. This is going well. Wait, how do I make money from this? <laughs> I'm going to start a new podcast called How Do I Get Money? How Do I Get Money? And I just talk I to my creative industries friends. There's oh, some probably. really good podcasts out there that, um, that I think are really helpful. Like, um, just to go back to like the sort of like depression, anxiety stuff, like one of the best things I found was listening to podcasts. Like, I started listening to podcasts when that happened. Like, I was listening to um, WTF with Mark Maron. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was just nice to hear like people's stories that were really tumultuous or like you know even uh, Mark Maron in particular super like heady anxious guy and it was so nice to like hear someone create like talk about something and creating something who's coming from that mental place yeah. and being like okay there's, there's more than just me yeah and it's like oh there's people dealing with this stuff mm. and still living a life yeah um, being normal I, I think like one of the things that overwhelmingly like found when I was like researching bipolar is that there's a whole bunch of creative people that had bipolar disorder and in some ways it was something that contributed to it like Mm. it's hard to separate it from the person so I wonder whether like I'd want to be doing what I'm doing if I didn't have it you know like I don't know if it's the same thing with um with your illness I don't know if you feel that like you wouldn't be as good without it no, I don't feel that way at all. Yeah, um, <laughs> you'd like to get rid of it. <laughs> I would like to get rid of it. I, I had like a, a a few years where I was kind of okay. Like um, I had chronic fatigue in, in high school, and then um, I was kind of okay for a few years, and um, and then I got sick again after I graduated from uni. Um, and um, those years were great, and I I yeah, it's it's I think it's because it's more of a physical thing. Yeah, right. Like I physically am tired, and but I'm still like. M- I'm still me. Well, yeah. Well, my well head. I don't think I'd get rid of the bipolar necessarily. I think I would get rid of the anxiety. Yes, because the, the anxiety oh. is too much. Like it's just, um, yeah. If it's I could so wave horrible. my wand and never be anxious again, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. 
But yeah, you sometimes you see people who aren't at all, who don't seem at all anxious, and you're like, wow, what's that like? That I seems always, all right. Yes, I I try not to like romanticize them or idealize them because I know people <laughs> they don't like know. that. They don't know. They don't know how good they've got it. They take it for granted. <laughs> but I can't help thinking like, um, like I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was saying that um, what if um, she doesn't think she's in pain? So she she's um, got a physical disability. She's mm. like, I don't, because she's had it since birth. So she's like, I don't think I'm in pain, but what if sometimes I think, what if I am in pain, but it's always been there, like a background noise, right. and so I don't notice it. But if someone else like stepped into my body somehow, they'd be like, whoa, this is a lot of pain. And yeah. sorry to just like... No, that's really interesting. I think that might be true because... Like, it's heavy. Sometimes I feel like... Um, I think that's one of the things you, like I asked myself a lot as well when I was like, particularly when I was really depressed, was like... What is this like? And like, what is this in relation to other people? Mm. Um, like, does anyone get exactly this feeling? Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether someone would who hadn't had depression before, if I could give them a bit of depression or a bit of mania. But I could show someone what it's like to be manic for like two months. No. Um, I think people would lose their minds. I don't know. Like, it's, it, you can't know. But like, it just it's so it's so insane. Like, mania is like really seductive in a lot of ways because uh, like on. With depression, it's so hard to do anything. Whereas, like with mania, there's so much energy, and like I know that I've, I've read stuff where people are like I like to harness that, um, but I think it's hard to know when you're tipping over the edge. Mm. Um, and it's a hard thing. Like if you encourage it, it'll keep going. Like you know, if if I, for example, like have like a couple of have a like two parties in a weekend, and I stay up really late and I get too drunk and I smoke too many cigarettes, like I feel like that affects me in different ways depending if I'm manic and, or depressed in a more dramatic way than a regular person yeah I just it, it just doesn't it feels like other people are getting along with their lives while I'm sort of like just like completely drained or like or like wanna wanna just keep going or like yeah just got these crazy feelings yeah and it, sometimes I don't know it feels quite unfair um, when mm-hmm. you see other people like able to go out to a party and then get up the next day and work and for me that's not a possibility yeah. Um, or I mean, I could if I do it. I like like right now. I, I'm I'm in the middle of like two or three weeks of being housebound because yeah. I well, went to a festival. So, are you able to do that with your jobs and stuff? Like able to? Yeah, I I, I freelance. So, okay. um, but you know, like the the cost is is money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can have the lifestyle where I I have the lifestyle where I can cope with my illness bit barely. Yeah. But yeah, because because I do think that if I if I um, was working like hospitality or something like that where I had to get up early and be somewhere every every day, I don't think I could. I still don't think I could do it. Yeah. Um, which I mean, like it sounds kind of shitty to say stuff like that. Like, not that not that I'm just like oh I don't want to work and like and it's not that I'm necessarily lazy or anything. It's just that like sometimes like doing a job like that causes so much stress of anxiety that I'm just wiped out afterwards. Um, yeah. Or like, you know, waking up. Like going to bed knowing that the next day I have to go out for work and just feeling huge amounts of just dread and fear and like um, that, and that this kind of dread that like uh, makes me feel sick when I wake up like mm. um, like I get that every once in a while where I would just wake up and just feel so sick um, and once I start moving if I do stuff it, it's better but if I had to go to work I, I think it'd be horrible yeah um, but yeah I mean yeah that's one amazing thing about writing and music is that you can sort of make that work when you want it to 
Um, and I generally don't get anxi- anxious about playing music in front of people, which oh, is nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I don't think I can be a singer. I get to hide behind a drum kit. Um, I get to sit down. Um, so that's that's nice. But yeah, that, I don't really get that anxious about that anymore. That's cool. I think um, anxiety is probably one of the hardest things. Anxiety and depression. Because um, I can't help thinking sometimes like, yeah, okay, like I'm in a lot of pain and I'm tired and I'm, I feel like I'm going to throw up all the time and... But, like, if I didn't have the anxiety and depression about it, this would be so much more bearable. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I could just be like, yep, this is what life is like, and then sort of get on with things and not feel like I'm constantly um, yeah. failing, I guess, at living. Or, like, I'm, I'm constantly worried about money. Yeah. You know? I wake up, some like that dread you're talking about, I wake up and, um, come there's birds, like, attacking each other outside my window. <laughs> Wow, it's, too, it's going crazy. Out there. This is a crazy afternoon. Um, um, I know, I know what you mean though, because it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, especially with like the money stuff. Like sometimes I, I'll know I have something to pay off, and I just have to do it. But it's just like, in in my head, this feels like this enormous task. Yeah. Like I think like the anxiety sort of like is really good at like compounding these like small little problems into this huge like thing mm. that feels like impossible to get over. But um, yeah. You know, like, I, I think, like, there are definitely things that I try to do that try to stop that, but sometimes it just gets away from you, kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sometimes if it's, like, a couple of things on top of each other, like, like, depression and then, like, start getting really anxious and stuff, it starts to get, like, pretty unbearable. Um, yeah, like, I went to my psychiatrist fairly recently, and he sort of said that I might be in a mixed state right now, which, um, is kind of the worst of both worlds in terms of, like... I'm, I've got I'm too sort of like down and exhausted to really be productive, but I'm too anxious and and crazy in the head to just go to sleep, so it's like sort of wandering around half asleep, and unhelpful and anxious. I mean, it's so annoying, and I'm just annoyed by it. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I just yeah, I just wish I could just let go of this. Yeah, um, you've pretty much described how I feel a lot of the time, mm. and like it's obviously like we were just saying before we couldn't we can't know if our feelings are the same yeah. feelings like same experience but and it's not bipolar but like um i'll be i'll be like bored like yeah. really and i'm quite a someone who likes to do a lot of things and be active and stuff um and then i but my body is just like not i'm not getting out of bed yeah and i end up in this kind of trap state where i'm like too um like jittery and like i want to do things to sleep yeah, but I, I'm too tired to do things, and so I do like like you say. I sort of wander the house, yeah, <laughs> tired and unhelpful. Scroll through something on the internet. Oh um, man, that's where a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of my my more bizarre tweets and Facebook comments <laughs> come from. Yeah, I like to try and get on Twitter when I'm really drunk, tired because <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's always like I feel like with tweets, like never the ones I expect to be funny that I get favorites for <laughs> like but that might be like some sort of delusion or like being up too late and just having something be like this is the funniest thing I've ever done and no one thinks so everyone's like no you're wrong you are stupid. incorrect sir um yeah but I think I was listening to uh one of the other shows you did where you're talking about how I think one of the reasons why people don't get hidden illnesses is because they're like oh yeah I've been tired before yeah or like oh yeah I've been sad before and I do think that, like, like people have felt the same feeling that I've felt before, like, but 
it's different because there's no reason why I'm feeling it and it, sometimes it'll go for months rather than a couple of hours yeah like I think I think that like what I'm experiencing is definitely like not that far out like the the kind of bipolar I have is fairly manageable like I'm on fairly minimal uh, medication and I live a fairly normal life so but I think I think it's just like the the prolonged nature of it like yeah waking up and being like okay I'm still depressed mm-hmm. when is this gonna be over and then um when you feel like when I feel fine um after a while I'll be like wow I feel really great wow I feel really really great and I'm like wow I f- oh fuck damn it now I'm feeling crazy and then I'm like then the worst one is the crate is the mania because I'm kind of like some it's so enjoyable like you, it, it's like a high or something like you can just sort of talk to anyone and do stuff and then you're like oh it'll be fine if I just like like drink like like 15 beers because it'll be fine because I feel good but I'm in control of this and then like a week later I'm like oh, I wasn't in control I've been drinking beer for the past fucking week and now I feel like I'm gonna die <laughs> and then I get really depressed and then like it's so it's so weird and like like I think the mania is more annoying because it tricks me yeah like it, it's like it's like no it's fine you can, you can do this it's okay no I won't tell anyone can, yeah <laughs> drink the beer drink yeah. the beer and yeah, I get weird food stuff when I'm manic and depressed as well. Like weird food thoughts. Like, oh, like uh, what? When I'm depressed, it's just eating shit. Like just like eating heaps of garbage food. Um, Do you like crave certain things? Yeah. Like I was telling a friend that like when I was really last time I was really depressed, I woke up every day craving fried chicken, which is something I don't really eat. But Yum. I was just craving it every single day. And um, when I was really manic. Uh, I sort of like don't I don't really eat enough food mm. and then I get really like weak um, but also hy- hyperactive yeah it's yeah it's, still, it's not good um, I think like what's great about um, this and talking about it is that like you said like probably most people have felt at some point these kind of feelings mm. um, and it kind of even though like that means that sometimes people misunderstand the depth of your condition or you know, or think that it's not a real thing or whatever. Mm. Um, but it also means that there's a chance for people to relate to what you're going through. Yeah. And like, it does, it just, um, doesn't seem as scary. Cause I know that like, I've spent my whole life, um, worrying because I didn't know much about bipolar and schizophrenia and stuff. And so there's the kind of, I think a lot of people have felt this where you feel yourself having a bad day or something and, or, or, um, I don't know, being a bit jittery and a bit high and stuff like that, you know, and you sort of think, oh no, is this mania? Am I, am I, am I, do I have bipolar? Um, but sort of like, it's because people don't want to talk about it. And yeah. so you don't really know what it is. And like Sammy Maguire, when he came on, he talked about that, about how... Um, he's got some good stories. He's got, he's some, got stories. He's got man. some of the, like the proper mania. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've talked to him a little bit about it, but it's, he's really funny. Um, but we'll he's got like, him, like crazy, like really crazy shit which is, um, I always love his stuff, actually, that, like, uh, he wrote something about, like, how to, like, sleep, basically, but it was about battling demons, uh-huh. and, like, needing to have, like, a weapon, and, cool. like, yeah, it was just amazing, I was, like, that's, like, the best, like, I mean, it's his way of dealing with it, but I think it seems like a really good angle, sort of, like, create, create, like, use your imagination against your yeah. brain or something, I don't know, like, against, against those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's got some stuff. And sometimes it's helpful to frame what you're going through as like a thing that's happening to you and not yeah. you. Um, yeah. The depression and stuff is like outside of you. Yeah, it's and like you're trying to beat it. It's like if you, you know, um, it's I guess like you know, 
people talk about the black dog and mm. stuff like that it's helpful to think about it as um like an extra thing you have to deal with yeah. and then um it's not like it's not um I don't know, like, have it extra... It's, like, it's not you. Yeah. So well, you I can it, still be you. I think it's sort of, like, um, like, yeah, like, even if it's, like, sort of all around you, you're still you within that. And, like, to try and remember that is, like, I think is, is, is really important. And it's interesting as well because even... I've, I've, I've got a couple of friends who have bipolar disorder. And even talking to them about it, their experience is very different. Yeah. So bipolar disorder is in many ways... And there's different types of bipolar disorder, but... Even those types are very much a blanket thing for, because it's such a it's not that well defined still. Yeah. Um, like I don't I don't know if I've found anything written about it that has really said everything that I that I feel about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's difficult because like I think part of like separating it from myself as well is that I don't want to necessarily just write about that. Like I've I've written a couple of small things about it. Um, but I, I just don't want to, I just don't want that to be, like, I don't want to be a bipolar writer. Like, that seems like, that seems difficult. And I don't want to speak for anyone else who has it, just because my experience of talking to other people is that the, they just have a, just, they've had things for longer, or they've, you know, people with rapid cycling sounds crazy, like, uh, and I can only speak from my own experience of it. Um, rapid cycling would be so hard. I can't imagine that's the one I think like some of them are more dynamic which I wonder whether is better in, just in terms of people being able to clearly see yeah but I don't know if that's a good or bad thing um, whereas like uh, mine yeah. sort of comes on so slow sometimes that it's suddenly like oh you've been depressed for two weeks yeah um, whereas yeah the ones where it's like a couple of different things in a day seems pretty flat title is sex brain <laughs> and it's just about like I just think that most people are thinking about sex a lot and I think that the the way in which sort of sex and relationships between like like 15 to like 25 um, are portrayed like I've never read or seen something which just felt that close to like what I've seen or like my friends seem to have seen so I'm trying to like make something about that oh, cool. um, but that means that some of the characters will make big mistakes. But I just hope that no one's reading it and being like, oh, you can't, like, that's a horrible thing to enforce or, like, say. But I think some of... So there's some weird, horrible stuff that happens to young people with sex that I think is interesting and funny. And hopefully people think it's interesting and funny and not terrible and gross. And not like you're writing some kind of self-help manual for teenagers. Yeah, because I'm not doing that either. Do. I, that's like one of my pet hates actually is when someone's like like the biggest one I think I've seen recently is like this female character is like a bad representation of women oh. and it's like was it Gone Girl? Yeah. yeah it's like well she's playing a psychopath killer <laughs> so it's a so what do you want from that? do you like what what's the ideal movie they would have made for you? like I just don't get it I'm just like she's a character she's not all women like there's hashtag just characters women. yeah yeah look I'm gonna start a <laughs> Start a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's so true. It's like um, anything that's not a white dude, uh, anything, anyone who's not a white dude, a character, is like somehow meant to be representing whatever minority, mm. whatever difference they represent um, from that default, yeah. air quotes default, um, 
yeah, it's difficult. And I think that's part of the reason we were talking before about like, why did I start this podcast? And I feel like um, too often um, stuff like chronic, you know, invisible illnesses, chronic illnesses, disability, um, mental health issues are like portrayed as um, the other and and somehow like wildly different. And then so you might have one famous person with bipolar disorder who then comes to stand for all bipolar disorder. Yeah. And like you were just saying, everyone's different. Yeah, massively different as well. Like, um, yeah, with, with like the sex stuff, like talking to my friends about sex is great because people are, have crazy ideas and it's amazing. But I like to, like, I think like it's the similar thing of like the norm is here. Yeah. But like what's really happening between young people is much larger than that. Yeah. Um, and some of the terms are like sort of ill defined or like, you know, some of the things aren't as black and white as you'd think. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, hopefully it'll turn out all right. I think, I think it will. Hopefully. Maybe you'll win some more awards. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I have some friends at uni who fucking love saying that. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I don't know, I'll just say something and I'll just be like, oh, it says award winning writer. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, be quiet. Man, enjoy it. I had, I had some, I had a friend write like uh something like some copy for me mm. about me uh, recently and she wrote award-winning poet caitlin Pliley and i was like no i've never won an award <laughs> don't write that <laughs> and i was telling someone and they were like no one ever checks and i'm like no just <laughs> someone's gonna be like okay. oh what award did you win uh and then i just have to throw business cards in their face that's, and run away <laughs> yeah i mean that's the solution <laughs> but like yeah. the thing is like you know if you talk to any individual you, you sort of like familiarity um i feel like what we say when we say normal a lot we mean familiar and yeah. i think once you get familiar with someone as an individual you realize that um um yeah they're just a person and yeah you know um they don't they're not like a label yeah i think that's that's very true of all people <laughs> is that <laughs> that's like, the only universal some, truth <laughs> I, from. I keep i have all these like ideas in my head from stuff i've read that i just can't remember what's from but there was one which was like, write down every label that you think would be part of who you are, like male, like age, you know, heterosexual, this, that, um, artist, writer, whatever, um, how tall you are, every, all of that. And then think about how none of those singular things sums up you as a whole person. And I really like that because I'm yeah. like, I'm like, there are things that are true of you, but they're not the entirety of you. And even like within like each of those labels is smaller labels and then smaller labels and then smaller labels. So yeah, I think it's like one of the most dangerous things to describe people by labels. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when I'm it's hard writing a bio. It's hard writing bios. Mind. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, and I've like started it. like in some things I have to say American Australian, especially if I'm doing something where people can hear my voice because mm. people I have found that people will get so distracted. They're like, I just need to know what your nationality is. <laughs> Before um, we continue, I can't listen to any more of your voice until I know. It's so true. Um, though. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything like that? Do people like just need um, to know? Oh, yeah. Uh, not uh, it's sort of changed. It used to be very much like um, like where I was from because I have like Auburn reddish hair and I've got sort of like I'm basically I'm like Chinese, Irish, Italian, Scottish, English, which is a nice cocktail. I'm into it. Um, that's, that's Samuel Jalen said to my brother recently that me, my brother and sister look like the future of the human race. And I thought that was amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, also like the tattoos, people ask about like, 
why did you do that? And like, I'm like, tattoos are like similar to bipolar. In, wait, in a way, because <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> just let me finish. Um, because like, I don't really care if you know about them, like if you know what they mean or like anything. Or I'm happy for you to never know I have tattoos if I'm like covering them up. But um, if someone is actually really interested, or like seems like, or has tattoos that are interesting, or you know whatever, it's like a really nice thing to connect and talk about. Mm. But I definitely have had people being like what do you think of this like tattoo idea? And I'm like, please don't get that. Please <laughs> never do that. If it's someone's name and they're not like a deceased family member. Yeah. Please, no. please don't get uh, someone else's face tattooed on you, over your own face. <laughs> please don't get uh, what if it's Ryan gangster face? script on your body because you're not a gangster. <laughs> this, this is a bunch. It's aspirational tattooing. Yeah, aspirations to be a gangster. Yeah. You, know, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Sure. You gotta dress for the job you want. <laughs> gangster. Man, imagine if you had to like write a resume to be a gangster. That's one thing that I have. You write been... it in your enemy's blood. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. You should watch a movie called Color of Night. Um, which oh no. is Is it scary? Uh, no, it's a nineties film about Bruce Willis being a psychiatrist. But he's acting oh. as a cop the whole time because it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> That's and the only mode he has. There's the most ridiculous sex scene I've ever seen in a movie. They're like having sex and they fall into a pool and they keep having sex. And then you see Bruce Willis' dick. And then they're eating dinner and the lady is naked. And she's like, do you like the dinner I've made? And he's like, I'd like it if you moved it a bit to the left. So she moves it and then it immediately like cuts to them having sex in the shower. <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? It's the craziest thing. I highly recommend it. I couldn't that, find it. Uh, I can. I think I can top you gotta that. Download it. Uh, oh, crazy sex scene. So like, um, because of uh, insomnia, uh, and maybe mm. you've experienced this too, you end up watching a lot of weird TV. Yeah. <laughs> like the movies that they put on at two a.m. are fucked up. Yeah. And I watched a movie. I had the guy from um, Coyote Ugly, oh. Adam Garcia. I think it is. Uh, I can't picture. He can dance, but yeah. he he was in some horrible movie and. At the, the end of the final scene of the movie um, is like, and he and this woman who is his sister somehow have been like flirting with each other the whole movie. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and anyway, so like they're driving in a car like through Hawaii or something. Mm. The car goes off the cliff, rolls and flips several times, I'm lands excited. like upside down <laughs> on a beach. They crawl out, make eye contact with each other, and then without moving or taking their clothes off, just start having sex. And I don't know how it's possible. Wow. But like, uh, and then it sort of pans away to the sunset. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. And I think that was the point where I was like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've been watching Bad Movies on Purpose with some friends of mine just because of how this get made podcast. And um, yeah, like I, I did recently watch Sharknado and Sharknado 2, oh. which I really urge every single person on the planet to watch Done. so that they can make a Sharknado 3. <laughs> Because they're getting progressively worse. Yes. And it's the silliest fucking movie. And I hate it, but I also love it. <laughs> That's how I feel about The Room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've only, I haven't watched that whole movie before. I've just watched scenes. Um, but, um, yeah. I I've got it on DVD. That. I like hate watch watching it. I would love to, yeah. It's I'd great. I've been meaning to have a, a screening for a while because I need everyone I know to have seen this <laughs> film. We guys, we got to talk about it. That's why I started watching Bad Movies with my friends because I was listening to this podcast, How Did This Get Made, where they just talk about bad movies. And um, and I knew all this stuff about bad movies, and like I just couldn't articulate all of it to people. I was like, "You have to share this with me." Um, but yeah. That's a really big thing. Like I, the first uh, first time I saw the room was in a cinema, 
and I took uh, a guy that I was dating and I think we had been on like one or two dates before and he was like let's we were like let's go to a movie he's like you choose and I chose the room and if if anyone listening doesn't know about the room (laughs) it's the worst movie ever made and the like sort of tradition is that you watch it and you like interact and you throw spoons at the screen and like you yell out particular catchphrases anyway it's this crazy it's like rocky horror show but even worse and um i took this guy i had i had only known for a couple weeks and i think it's like a test it's a really good test (laughs) of a relationship because he walked out of the cinema and he sat through it and then he was like you never get to choose the movie ever again (laughs) um and i was like what wasn't that the best thing you've ever experienced yeah isn't it the worst like when you like show someone like someone you like something and they're just like this is weird and you're like oh no I think it's almost worse if, if they don't have a strong reaction. Like, if they hate it, oh. I, I don't know. No, hating it's worse. <laughs> and they're like, I hate this so much that I have to leave now forever. That's pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty bad. If I showed The Princess Bride to someone and they were like, I hate this with the passion of a thousand sons, <laughs> I don't think I'd wait for them to leave. I would probably kick them out. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, though, because like I try not to worry about... Like, I try not to be upset when people don't like stuff I like, but... Sometimes someone will say something and you're just like, no, that's just wrong. That's incorrect. You're not right about that at all. You're incorrect. I have a friend who's like, um, she figures out if guys are um, sexist by like how they feel about strong female characters. Like, and I, I I mean, like, Like it's not not something that she plans, but if they're talking about something and and the guy says, oh, if there's a pattern of him being like, oh, I just didn't like that movie that was about women, uh, women's stories, you know? Yeah then she kind of starts going, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I've actually had, like, um, yeah. Like, uh, recently I was in, like, some conversation for some reason. I can't remember why. With um, some guy who was sort of... I can't remember what it was now, but he was saying something about women that was just so amazingly horrible that I was, like, fascinated. I was like, how are you here? How do you exist? This is the most disgusting thing I've heard. How did you even come to that? Like, What's your life been like? Yeah. What's your experience with women been like? Are you really as straight as you say you are? Because it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, how it's so weird. How can you be around women? He was like, like how are you holding guy. this in your head? Yeah, he did also like, like sort of put his arm around me and I was like, mm, not sure. I, I wouldn't like that for most people anyway, but it's just like. No, this is not alright. An is... aggressively sexist man is putting yeah, his arm around exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. And like Anyone acting like we're buddies. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, um. And on that note, no. <laughs> wait, wait, we should end on something good, right? Um, <laughs> puppies. Puppies. Oh. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Mike Day. Hashtag at Mike Day Awake. Hashtag I, at Mike Day Awake. Look, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks um, so much for having me. It's really fun. <laughs> And, um, yeah, everybody go and read his stuff. Cool. (laughs) Man, it's time for lunch. I need some lunch.
That track you've been listening to is a new one from Brisbane band Mega Ogre. It's called Hikikomori, and on the drums you can hear my guest from this episode, Mike Day. Uh, such a multi-talented guy. I had a lovely time chatting to him. We were both starving and dehydrated by the time we finished talking. We actually talked for over two, for about two and a half hours. Um, I had to cut it down, but uh, that's just how it is when someone is really good to talk to. Um, hey, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to my old podcast. Um, and while you're here, maybe you could drop me a rating and a review on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Woo. Uh, and you can let me know what you think of Just a Spoonful. And if you really like it, if you like really like it, maybe you could click subscribe and I will send you a new conversation with someone every fortnight. A few people have been asking me about the music on this show. The intro music is a track by Perth artist Anna O. It's called Sleepless. It's from her really great EP, When the Winter Came. Um, And you can get that from Bandcamp. And the music I go out on every fortnight is called is a track called Silver Magic Ships by another Perth artist, Marksman Lloyd, um, who is also a really great spoken word artist. I'll put up info on the Tumblr, justaspoonfulpodcast.tumblr.com. Okay. Ooh, it's getting thundery and stormy outside now, so it's time for me to go. Um, Brisbane is warming up for summer, and it's a bit terrifying. Thanks for tuning in again, and I hope that wherever you are, the weather is good, and you can find just a, a spoonful of something to get you through your day. <laughs>